Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha, and this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. What's going on? What's hey, going girl. on? Hey, hey. Oh, by um, the way, huge shout out to our co-host Crystal. Uh, it's oh, her birthday today. It is. I was like, why are we shouting me out? <laughs> <laughs> shout out, it's her birthday. birthday. It's her birthday. It's her okay. birthday. Okay. That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah it's turning 29 for the i don't know how many times how many times fifth is that? <laughs> we're not counting <laughs> like fifth year in a row <laughs> it is not that many thank you <laughs> she's really 34 <laughs> oh my god call me out Jesus. <laughs> no, it's fine 30s are better than 20s anyways so or okay. so they say I'm, that's what they keep saying. I don't know. We'll see. So far, it's not been okay. <laughs> I mean, the world is shit right now. Not gonna lie. <laughs> so, All right. So it's my turn this week. Whoop, whoop. Yes, it is. I'm so, <laughs> so excited. I don't know what you're doing. You don't. You don't know what I'm doing. So no, and I'm really curious because I totally stole a a session or a segment last week that she was looking into doing and now uh, it's her turn it's and a, I'm hoping she doesn't face. do the same it's for me. I, I bet I don't I bet I bet I'm not gonna do that because it's the, again I'm doing one that's not like super well known yeah so I'm I'm guessing you probably haven't looked into this very much maybe okay so let's see so this week I am covering child killer mary bell oh i know this do you know do you know mary bell i believe so um i actually i wasn't gonna do this one so it's not like you stole her but i i know this one okay i'm i'm excited to hear this one okay so so then you know that when i say child killer i mean it in like every sense of the world the word the world so like she killed children and also she was like a literal child that was a killer yes okay. yes i do right. you do this is oh this is exciting okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. all right so let's get, get into cozy. it get all settled in there we go okay oh you good <laughs> you good sis good. okay <laughs> all right so mary flora bell was born may 26 1957 in newcastle england Mary's mother, Betty, was a 17-year-old prostitute, and reportedly she told doctors um, to take that thing away from me when she saw her daughter, so that's nice. She was always super anxious to get get rid of Mary. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's what I said when my daughter was born, get that thing away from me, no. Um, (laughs) Get that thing away from me. I mean, I recall saying, please get this thing out of me, but I never said get it away from me. (laughs) So she was always, she she was really anxious to like get rid of Mary and she'd often drop her off with relatives for like a long period of time. And she'd take long business trips to Glasgow, I'm guessing in her profession of being a prostitute. I didn't um, know that was a, a business. She's a business. She's a businesswoman, you know, Romy Michelle. Strip, but okay. Just like that. And <laughs> Call then, it what you will. <laughs> so her relatives, when she dropped off with relatives, they would actually beg her to just let them keep Mary, but she would always end up coming back for her. 
Um, she didn't want to get rid of her altogether. <laughs> she didn't want to get rid of her altogether. She, she <laughs> so like this one time in 1960, uh, Betty brought Mary to an adoption agency and just like gave her to this random woman who was trying to adopt. Betty, oh, <laughs> healthy. She's very motherly. So she told the woman, "I brought this one in to be adopted. You can just have her." And then she just like <laughs> fucking left her with a stranger. <laughs> Sorry, I brought this one to you. I didn't want this one. I'll take the next one. <laughs> so her sister Issa had actually followed her when she was going with Mary to the adoption place and she got Mary back from the woman um, who, by the way, had already like taken her to a shop and bought her new dresses. So maybe Aww. she should have just stayed with that lady. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 It's really sad when you think about it. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, she's in a good home now, but all these crazy ass people are going to come back and take her. So, um, at two years old, Mary was already starting to show like cold detached behaviors, which is not super surprising given like how her mother was super cold towards her. Um, that's, that's really actually, if you think about it, that's really bad though, because at two years old, two years yeah. old, like my daughter's three and I can't get her off of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, no, it's not a bad thing. I love it. But it's just, uh, you just don't see many two-year-olds that don't want anything to do with their mother. Right. Yeah. So she, and it wasn't just her mother. She was super detached from, like, everybody. Yeah. That's so sad. That's it is so very sad. Because so, can you just imagine how much neglect she got? Right. Like, she's been through so much at such a young age. Um, to be like that, I would, I would assume. So yeah. she, she refused to bond with others. Um, she never cried when she got hurt, which is kind of weird. And yeah, that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be like, um, I need to return this one and exchange it. For, <laughs> this one's broken. <laughs> uh, this one, this one, this is a demon child. Please take her away. <laughs> uh, and she started lashing out violently when she was two, like, at such a young age um like what do you mean by violently like just so you know like worse than tantrums worse than tantrums she would like violently like lash like she would hit people she would you know i'll get into that um oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll get into it a lot more when she's in her school age but but they said i read a couple places that when she was at that young like toddler age she was starting to get a little violent um, no. <laughs> so, you know how we talk a lot about, like, the serial killers and the murderers, and they often have, like, some kind of traumatic fucking head injury or brain damage or whatever when they're small? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or their parents are fucked up, like, this, this lady's, um, mother is or whatever. So, it's always got to be, it's always either mental issues or parental issues. <laughs> well, so for her, it's both. So I'm just going to give you a few examples here of that. So when Mary was one year old, one year old, she nearly overdosed after taking some pills that were hidden in like a little nook of a gramophone. That's like okay. one of those, that's one of those like really old timey record players that has like the yeah. big trumpet looking thing on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. So can you explain to me, please, how in the hell a one year old would find pills hidden in a gramophone? That's kind of what I'm thinking. And like, swallow what? enough to nearly overdose, right? Okay, so I'll tell you how. Let me tell you how. So her teenage mother that didn't want her gave them to her. What the fuck? 
Yeah. So this is, that's not the only time that Betty like tried to offer. Like there was another time with pills. Again, she swallowed a bunch of iron pills that belonged to Betty and she like lost consciousness and had to get her stomach pumped. Um, a young playmate and Mary herself said that her mother gave her the Smarties candy that made her sick. Right, so that's my first example of possible brain oh, damage. So here's my, yeah, yeah, no, because absolutely. Overdosing, right, because overdosing, especially like in a young developing child's brain, can it can cause like serious brain damage. Well, you know that a child's skull isn't even fully developed until after they're two years old, right? Right. right. So um, can you just imagine, like that's, that's crazy. And that just actually infuriates me too, because all Dude. of her family were like, oh, let me keep her. And then she's right. still coming back, but she's coming back and she's still trying to kill her. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so example number two of head injury, Mary, quote, accidentally fell from a window. What? So, <laughs> so some sources say that Betty threw her from the window, but it wasn't, like, definitely proven. But, like, we fucking know. Like, seriously, it's not hard to piece it What's together. What's crap? So, right. So her fall did actually cause damage to her prefrontal cortex. And that's an area of the brain that's associated with decision making. So that's yes. good. So, so can, can you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to laugh at the fact that she just yeeted her daughter. Out. She did. Just out the window. Out the window. I'm not laughing at that by all means, but I'm laughing at the fact that like, all I can imagine is Betty saying why won't you die oh gosh <laughs> like i know that sounds so horrible but like she's sitting here like giving her pills yeeting her out the window nothing's yeah. freaking working like she's probably thinking she's probably the spawn of satan right now so it's funny you say that so she i don't think she was actually really trying to kill her and let me tell you why so betty bell was a huge fucking drama queen and she loved, like, to play the martyr. So it's said that she may have suffered from um, Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Because she seemed oh. to... Yeah, she seemed to thrive on the attention that she got over, like, her daughter's tragic accidents. She wasn't... Okay, so this is, like, another Gypsy... Right, Gypsy Rose. Um, right. Gypsy Rose story. Right. Stating, you know, the mother just... She gets she gets benefits from she it gets, yeah so. she gets like the sympathy of others or whatever so she'll like intentionally injure her or make her sick or whatever mm. um so, so that might so explain sad. why despite like all the harm she was causing her she always like wanted to get her back probably you know that actually does make sense which is terrible uh, that, that's such a terrible thing and that's such a terrible way to live i mean gypsy th i know gypsy rose is a completely different Right. Um, segment that we'll we'll end up following up on but um it just it just goes to see like just goes to show how much effect it can have on a child at a young age to go through something so horrific as Munchausen syndrome right like it's it's ridiculous mm -hmm. and yeah. I, I can see that I can see that okay so I have an another, another example of um her thriving on the sympathy that she got over Mary's accidents. Um, this one time, Betty tearfully told her sister Issa that Mary had been run over by a truck. Like, oh she, had, she hadn't. She hadn't been <laughs> run over a truck. 
Betty just like made that shit up. And she obviously got like a ton of attention and sympathy over it. And then the next day she admitted that it wasn't true. She just made that up. And Mary was just with some of Betty's friends. Oh my God, I'm sorry. But if you hear something like that, I would be like, where's your daughter? Can I take her? <laughs> like, <laughs> like call, call child protective services. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like where, where is, what's going on with the justice system here right now? <laughs> I mean, it was the fifties. <laughs> I know, but, like, if you're going to the hospital multiple times to get your stomach pumped or, yeah. or yeah. almost overdosing at, a like, a baby, like, your child should have been taken away, whether it's the 50s or not. Like, right. that's stupid. Stupid. <laughs> it's fucked up, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to move away from Betty now and focus on Mary more. So, okay. So she's getting older. She's going to school. Um, her kindergarten teacher says... Quote, she was almost always naughty. Um, her teacher once saw Mary putting her hands around the neck of a ch another child. And when she was told not to do that, Mary said, why? Can it kill him? <gasps> right? What do you say to it? What do you say to a kindergartner that says that? Um, so she often kicked I'll hit. What... <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll say to a kindergartner. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm going to beat your little ass. <laughs> oh, so oh, she... I could never be a teacher. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So go she, on, often, go she often kicked, hit, and pinched the other kids at school. And she became known as a chronic liar and a disruptive student. And often voiced the desire to hurt people. So that's good. Um, yeah. She started um, acting on the desire to hurt people more when she was 10 years old. So on May 11th, 1968, Mary and her friend, 13-year-old Norma Bell, who's not related at all. That's just like a weird-ass squinkening that both the last names are Bell. Um, okay. Yeah. So Mary and Norma were playing with a three-year-old three boy on top of a Newcastle air raid shelter. He was later... Um, found behind some empty sheds near that shelter, bleeding from his head. Um, he was, quote, found. Now, I say, quote, found because he was found by Norma and Mary. They were playing with him, and they found him fallen. He supposedly had fallen off the mm -hmm. ledge, landing, like, several feet below, but then Mary later admitted that she had pushed him over the edge. Oh, my God. And what? Also, what's a three-year-old doing by himself out there? Right. <laughs> Where, I'm sorry. Where's your baby? Where's your parent? Like, right. Oh my gosh. I, that was, I, I, I think God. I read somewhere that that was actually one of Mary's cousins. So I think that's why they were 10 and 13 and he was three. So I think that's why they were playing together. But still. Okay, but still, like, you know, again, her I'm family, say, it was the her family knew she, I know, but her family knew, like, she didn't get hurt, like, she didn't show emotion, she That's was true. mean. That's true. Like, um, instinct for a parent would be, <laughs> oh, can I go play with him? Mm, right in front of me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was, it was a different time, but yes. So that was May 11th. Very different. Very that, was, that was May 11th. On May 12th, so like the very next day, um, the mothers of three young girls informed police that Mary had attacked and choked their children at the nursery 
with Norman nearby. So the the police interviewed um, Mary and Norma, and they like lectured them, but like no charges were filed or anything like that. They just like got onto them. They're like, don't don't do that, and they're like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Slap your wrists. Don't do that. That's a no no. <laughs> They're like, I'm cool, sorry. Okay. You're 10 years old. You understand right from wrong. I'm right. You, you understand do. not to choke people. I have an 11 year old child and he knows not to choke people. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I have a 10 year old and 11 year old. They, they know. <laughs> not supposed to do that, y'all. So that's a no no. We don't do that. No touchy. <laughs> so the, there was actually like a police report filed on this because they had called the police, you know, the mothers. Mm -hmm. So on the official police report, um, they said, the, quote, the Bell girls have been warned as to their future conduct. So stern talking to you, I guess. Um, oh, ten <laughs> so 10 days later, four-year-old Martin Brown was found dead. So that stern talking to they got was clearly super effective. Yeah, sounds like it. Right. Super Sounds like it did a wonderful, wonderful job. <laughs> so, yes. So, on May 25th, which was one day before Mary's 11th birthday, uh, Martin Brown was last seen at approximately 3.15. He was discovered at 3.30, lying on the floor of a boarded-up house. So, three boys that were, like, they were in the boarded-up house. They were, like, foraging for scrap wood for something. And they're the ones that actually found mm -hmm. him. So they found him, like, laying on his back next to a window. He had blood and saliva trickling down his chin, so they, like, freaked the fuck out. Um, there was some construction workers that were outside, and so they, like, ran to them. And this is really sad. So the construction workers, like, run up, and they remembered giving little Martin some biscuits earlier that day. Oh. Right? So they tried to revive him, but he, he was already dead, like, by the time they got there. Um... There was no obvious cause of death at that time, and there was an empty pill bottle found near his body, so it was just assumed that he got into the pills and overdosed. Why are uh, random pills in an empty house? Right, right. So the they're criminal not. <laughs> they're, they're not. The criminal investigation department was never called in, and the official report on Martin declared his cause of death as open. Like, they just didn't look into it. They just assumed that's what it was at that time. Ugh. So, so um... Yeah, so that's all going on, and then out of nowhere um, comes strolling up Mary fucking Bell and Norma up to this house. One of the boys that had discovered Martin's body noticed the girls coming towards the house during, like, all this chaos, and he said that they stopped directly below the window that, that they were beside, and Mary asked her friend, shall we go up? So it was what? later... <laughs> right, that's fucking weird. So it was later discovered that Mary had brought Norma to show her that she had killed Martin. So, Jeez. right. So these creepy ass little Where's girls. Where's Norma's parents? <laughs> right. Like, do not where let are her all the parents? <laughs> where are the parents? Seriously, where are all the parents? They're not in this town anywhere to be found. So these, these creepy ass little girls, they had to be told multiple times that they couldn't be there and like they had to be sent away. Like they kept wanting to be in there and see the body. So about a week later, creepy ass little Mary went to Martin Brown's house. Now that's, that's the boy that was discovered dead. Okay. Mm -hmm. She knocked on the door. His mother, June, answered the door. Mary asked her if she could see Martin. 
So June was like a little confused or whatever. And she told her that she couldn't and reminded her of what had happened. And Mary then said, oh, I know he's dead. I wanted to see him in his coffin. What the, <laughs> what the actual fuck, right? Oh my God. Can you imagine I, I your mother? Ye- <laughs> I would have yeeted her <laughs> across the yard. So, so June actually just like slammed the door in her face. Like, cause what, can you imagine being a mother and having this, horrible tragedy happened to your small child and then this creepy ass 11 year old shows up your door with this shit oh my god (laughs) what the actual fuck i'm sorry i would have noped the fuck out of there (laughs) (laughs) it's not nope the fuck out of there i think it's acceptable to yeet a child at that point for real oh we gotta yeet a child that's (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure that is not okay that is not okay look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey (sighs) well that's why they're introducing an all-new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier starting the chat better and dating safer They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, the very next day on her birthday, Mary was, like, at it again. She was caught strangling Norma's younger sister by by the girl's father. Like, Norma's dad is here, guys, and he caught her strangling. Oh, there he is. There he is. Hi. So, so what did he do? He slapped her and he sent her away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which Get did out not, of here. <laughs> which which pissed her off a little bit but you know she didn't kill that girl so that's good <laughs> um oh my god later that day she and norma um together vandalized the local day nursery school time out time out so the father's there stops her from strangling <laughs> one child but is like yeah you can go play with her <laughs> right <laughs> <To the> <laughs> <other> <laughs> <child>. <laughs> He's like, you get out of here and take her with you. <laughs> like, you guys go on. No! <laughs> that is horrible parenting. Come on, guys. Come on. If your friend, if your daughter's friend is sitting here strangling your other child, you don't let the, you don't let Norma go play with her. <laughs> I'm guessing they probably didn't like leave together at that point. She probably left and then Norma like met up with her somewhere probably, but oh, who good knows? <laughs> good night. Okay. Continue. So yeah, they vandalized the nursery, like school, they, school supplies have been like thrown everywhere. Cleaning materials were like splattered all over the floor. Um, the most disturbing discovery was the extremely misspelled notes that were found left behind. Well, yeah, they're children. Right. So there were several notes that were found and they said things like, fuck off, we murder, except that fuck was spelled F-U-C-H and off was O-F. So it was really like, fudge of, we murder. (laughs) Fudge of. (laughs) Fudge of. And we did murder Martin. Martin was misspelled. We did murder Martin Brown, fudge of you bastard. Okay. So those were a couple of the notes that were left behind. Um, the police took a few notes on this vandalism, but they just kind of like filed it away and brushed it off as a sick joke. They, they didn't take it seriously. 
Why um, would you not take that seriously? <laughs> well, the nursery had been broken into before, so they weren't, like, super concerned with that, I guess. Wow. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but the nursery was annoyed, so they decided to get an alarm installed. Okay. So, on um, Friday of the same week, the newly installed alarm, like, sounded off at the nursery. Like, it went off. And Mary and Norma were caught outside of the school. But they both, like, denied that they had broken before. They were just, like, outside of it then supposedly they just happened to be outside of the school right and setting the alarm off mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so that nothing like came of that they were released to the custody of their parents and, but they did set a date for them to appear at like juvenile court so i guess they were gonna they were gonna look into it oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so oh my uh, gosh <laughs> this is definitely a different time <laughs> yes for sure so on July 31st, 1968, so just like two months after Martin's body was found, three-year-old Brian Howe's sister, Pat, was frantically looking for him. I think it's Howe. It's H-O-W-E. Howe, Howie. I'm going to say Howe. Yeah, Howie. Um, so he usually played super close to his house, especially since he was three, um, and she was all freaking out because he was nowhere to be found. Um, so Pat came across Mary and Norma and Mary asked her, are you looking for Brian? Which like, why would you just randomly ask that? But okay. Um, so Mary and Norma offered to help Pat search for him. And the whole time that they were searching with her, they knew exactly where he was. So they crossed, um, some railroad tracks into an industrial area where like kids in the neighborhood played a lot of the time. Which mm -hmm. was actually a really terrible place for kids to play because it was like a bunch of construction materials and old cars and like wreckage. It was like a junkyard, I guess. This is the one I've heard of, yes. Okay, yeah. So Mary pointed to some like large concrete blocks and was like, hey, he might be playing behind those blocks or between them. Well, when she said that, Norma insisted that no, 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 Brian never plays over there. And so they, they didn't go over there. So it turned out that his body was actually laying between those blocks that Mary had pointed mm -hmm. out. And Norma later revealed that Mary wanted Pat to find her brother's body because, quote, she wanted Pat Howe to have a shock. Because she's insane. But why is Norma with her? Because <laughs> their friend, Norma's always, I mean, she's a little creepy too. She's, well, she's she, not. No, they're both creepy. She's not all innocent. Both, if she, <laughs> she's no, no. No, crazy. not at all, but damn. So, the Newcastle police found Brian's, Brian's body later that same evening. He had been strangled. There were puncture marks on his thighs. Um, clumps of his hair had been cut out. And this part's a little rough. His uh, genitals had been mutilated. Yes, that's the one I heard of. Yes. Poor baby. Also, the letter M had been carved into his stomach. So For it actually it actually <laughs> appeared that the M was originally an N, and then a fourth mark was added, possibly by a different hand, to change the N to an M. Oh, so she was trying to frame Norma. So yeah, I'm gonna tell you that I'm I'm thinking that I was I was like I'll tell you my thoughts on that in a little bit, but I'm thinking probably. So, um, frame Norma and Norma's like, no, no, <laughs> she said, no, bitch, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to change that. I'm going to put this little line right here. It's you, girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, 
So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. So um, the police also found a broken pair of scissors in the grass near his body. Um, the pathologist that examined Brian's body told the police that due to the fact that there wasn't like a ton of force that was used in the strangulation, that the killer was most likely a child. And the police were all like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Because what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because... So, um they're like what the fuck what i remember of this what i remember of this is that uh the cause of death actually took longer than it should have so he died slowly because it was a child strangling him it wasn't that's possible i didn't read that but also he was he was young he was a little bitty so it wouldn't have taken as much force no it wouldn't have but yeah i that's all i i remember reading about that yeah oh yeah i know little guy so at this point they launched like a huge investigation and they started interviewing like all the kids in town between the ages of like three and 15 Mm -hmm. um they also began to question whether or not martin brown's death had also been a murder they're like oh shit maybe we should have looked into that more so they started Mm kind of looking at that more too um when the police questioned Mary and Norma, they quickly realized that they were being, like, super fucking shady. So, they actually questioned them each multiple times, and both of their stories, like, changed a few times. At first... Well, yeah, because they're kids. They're children, they can't remember right. what they said. <laughs> exactly. So, at first, Mary tried to say that she saw this older boy with Brian. I think she said it was, like, some eight-year-old boy. And she's like, no, I saw this boy with Brian that afternoon. Um, And she said that she saw the boy hit Brian for no reason. And that she had seen that same boy playing with the broken scissors earlier that same day. Now, there's a couple of problems with the story. How do you you just see them randomly playing with... Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a couple problems with the story. Uh, One... The boy that she's trying to pin this murder on was actually at the airport that afternoon, so he had a solid alibi. Like he, that wasn't him. And mm-hmm. um, B, yes, I realized that I said one and B, whatever. <laughs> you, you, you worry about yourself, whatever. <laughs> you worry about yourself. <laughs> okay. Other point: <laughs> the police had never released any info on the facts of like the actual murder, or any info on the broken ass scissors. So she shouldn't have known about the scissors at all. Yep. So, you done fucked up, sis. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. she, she actually described the scissors perfectly to the police. Like, she was like, oh, they were, like, silver, and this part was bent or broken. Like, she described them, like, perfectly. Good night. Right. <laughs> so, she tried to change her story after that again, and um, she tried to say that <clears throat> Norma did it. Like, she eventually admitted to them that she was there at the time of his death, and Norma did it. <laughs> Norma's like, uh-uh, there was an M, not an M. <laughs> so, so meanwhile, they were questioning Norma, and she was telling about how Mary did it. So she claimed that Mary had killed Brian and then brought Norma to the block to see his body. So that is exactly like we were saying before. This is where mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I really feel like, so they weren't, these both, both of these girls are clearly not like innocent little girls. They're both like constantly getting into trouble. Oh, yeah. Um, but Mary was definitely always the more dominant of the two. Norma was the follower. Exactly. Was Norm- the follower. Right. She Norma- was the follower. Norma was always the follower. And um, Mary had always been, clearly had always been the more violent of the two. Mm-hmm. 
So um, that was my thoughts on the carving in his stomach. Like I could I could be wrong. I, I was never like proven, but I seriously think that um, Mary had carved the in into Brian's stomach possibly like as a signature trying to pin it on Norma if she had to later you know mm -hmm. and I think that Norma later added that fourth mark to change it to an M because she's like nah girl she's like no mm -mm. You're which is also terrible if, if that's true you're also carving into a poor little that's exactly what I was about to say clearly she had no problem putting any type of of um object to skin all right. I mean, we could be and wrong. I could just be making that up, but I feel like it's a good possibility. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be that way. It's, it's not known or Mary could finally have said, uh, I'm going to take credit for this. So All right. that's true. She could yeah, have. She, she knows. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? not me. <laughs> when Brian Howe was buried on August 7th, detective James Dobson, who had been like on the case the whole time, like he'd been a major part of like questioning all the the kids and doing all the interviews and stuff mm -hmm. um like he had he'd questioned mary once before the funeral so um james dobson was there and he said this is his quote that he said so mary bell was standing in front of the house house when the coffin was brought out i was watching her and it was when i saw her there that i knew i did not dare risk another day she stood there laughing laughing and rubbing her hands I thought, my God, I've got to bring her in or she'll do another one. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> what the? Laughing and rubbing her hands. You know what else this reminds me of? This story reminds me of? No. You know the Slenderman story? Mm-hmm. Um, the two gals or the two little girls, they were about that age, too. I think they were like 11 and 12. Um. Had, is, it the, is it the one where they like say like the Slenderman made one of them kill the other one or something like that? Or yeah. No? The, okay. Yes, it was. I mean, it's the Slenderman story. They, they got on creepypasta.com right. and, and were interacting with a lot of adults. And, and uh, at that age, you know, you're young, you're, you're not mature. You don't understand everything. I mean, you're still learning on stuff. And so adults on that creepypasta.com, were in like giving them the entails of the Slenderman and all that. And they were like, Oh no, the Slenderman made me do it. If I didn't do this, then he was going to take my family. And so there was a leader though. There was one girl that was in, like, she was a leader. The other friend was a follower and they stabbed their friend like 37 times. Yeah. Not okay. So it just reminds me, like, it's... The, just the, like, Norma being a follower type thing reminds they're you. They're just, ju they're juveniles. Yeah. They're well, juveniles. They, they're children. Yeah. They're babies. babies killing babies. Babies killing babies. It's a shame, too. It's so sad. <laughs> it really it's is. so sad. <laughs> Three-year-old and four-year-old and... Yeah. Ugh. It actually breaks my heart because my, my oldest is 11 and my youngest is three. Right. <laughs> like... Don't right. touch my baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, after Dobson saw that creepy ass scene at the funeral, um, he brought her back into the police station and um, she finally like made a confession, like a official confession, but, but basically just said that she was confessing that she was present at the time of his murder, but basically like Norma did it y'all. That was her confession. So, 
Both of the girls were brought in and charged with two counts of manslaughter, one for Martin and one for Brian. So they like were getting them for both of them. And they were like set to go to trial. So while they're while they're being held at the jail, Mary is like continuing to be creepy as hell. So like for example, one time a stray cat made its way by like in like by her cell and she grabbed it by the throat and the guard told her um not to hurt the cat and like a fucking little creep she said oh she doesn't feel that and and anyway i like hurting little things that can't fight back oh my god like she's saying she did it <laughs> another I, time I, that's when you kick her in the head she hasn't just, had enough brain damage already just kick her in just the head just kick her in the head <laughs> Another time, a, a policewoman said that Mary had told her that she would like to be a nurse because then I can stick needles into people and I like hurting people. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, you're not making your case look real good there, Mary. You look like, real bad, girl. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a good look. I'm going to need you to just stop talking. <laughs> Lawyer up. <laughs> <laughs> Plead the fifth, girl. No. So... <laughs> The trial started December 5th, 1968, and it lasted for nine days. Both the girls ended up confessing to leaving the notes at the nursery. And they confessed to that after, like, handwriting analysis showed that it matched for both of them. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, we did that. Um, during the trial, Norma was, like, surrounded by, like, her family was, like, super sympathetic, and she was surrounded by, like, all these people that were super sympathetic to her. Um, and she reacted to like evidence and testimonies like a child would like, it was like a childlike combination of like fear and nervous tears, like how you would think a kid would react to something like this. That's really strange since she doesn't have emotion. No, this is Norma. Oh, okay. 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 This is Norma. So Mary was the opposite. She did not cry at all the trial. Like she did not react like this at all. Um, at one point I read somewhere something about, um, how Norma was more Mary said that she had heard one of the lawyers say that Norma was more immature to her and then Mary was and so Mary asked if she should act more immature like with the with the jurors like that if she acted more immature oh my like, god right so she's very so here's my thing if if the bitch has brain damage she real smart she real smart so remember the it was the decision making part of her brain it was agreed agreed but still like you're 11 years old and you yeah can... no she was smart as hell she knew what she was doing so um so norma's family was like super sympathetic meanwhile mary's family being present at the trial was like not helpful at all for her case so take her take her away <laughs> well you remember her dramatic ass mom betty who like fucking loved yes. attention this bitch <laughs> she disrupted the trial repeatedly with like loud theatrical sobbing and wailing like her blonde wig would like slip off of her head and she just like open <laughs> <laughs> the fuck out like at one point she stormed out of the courtroom and then dramatically re-entered like a few mo moments later like just <laughs> busted back in there it's like Don't. a really it's like a really bad soap opera character or something like oh no like, if it's bad I'm, I'm just imagining her wig just like fly off she's just she's, <laughs> she's like oh shit grabs it picks it up storms out the courtroom 
puts it back on real quick and then she's like okay I'm good now I'm gonna come back in <laughs> right no she was she was eating all the attention up like she she is something so um Norma ended up Norma not Mary getting acquitted yeah. of, of all the charges she really she wasn't even she so, wasn't even uh an accessory she was later given three years probation for breaking entering at the nursery that's it and she was placed under like a psychiatric supervision type deal but like that's it she was acquitted oh my god she should have been an accessory i'm sorry right so i mean she, she should have she should have still been an accessory like if, even if she didn't because she knew it was happening right exactly even if she didn't like help her at all she knew it was happening she could have told somebody and, and stopped it way before it got to where it got and she slept just fine tonight <laughs> <laughs> Like, nah, bruh. Mm -mm. Right. So, Mary was found guilty on two counts of manslaughter after a psych evaluation stated that she displayed the classic elements of psychopathy. So, that, like, reduced the charge from murder to manslaughter. Because she's crazy. <sighs> uh, she was found to be a, quote, grave risk to other children, and she was sentenced at Her Majesty's pleasure. So for all the non-British folk, that basically, that's their way of sentencing someone for an indefinite amount of time. Um, so li life is what they're saying. Well, it, they didn't exactly say life, but they didn't, they didn't they give didn't it a, a time. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, her terrible mother took, like, you know, she loves the attention. She, like, sold stories about Mary to the press while she was in prison. She, like, was selling them notes saying that, oh, this is a handwritten note from Mary Bell. And, like, just selling that shit because she's a literal piece of garbage. <laughs> she, yeah. Anyways, so, Mary ended up serving 12 years and was released May 14th, 1980, when she was 23 years old. She was granted, this is a hard word, and I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> she was granted <laughs> animity, an animity, <laughs> It's like, it's like I'm finding Nemo. <laughs> Abom abominable. It's like I'm finding Nemo. Like, where do you live? Anonymity. Anonymity. So she was granted anonymity. I can't say it. You know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. So this included, she, like, a new name. She got a new name. Like, she, she was to be left alone and start a new life. Um, four years later, after she was released, she had a daughter. Her daughter was also, like, granted, like, the protection until, but only until she reached the age of 18. However, um, May 21st, 2003, Bell won a high court battle to have hers and her daughter's, like, protection extended, like, for the length of their life. Oh, now you're scared. So, right. So now any, anytime there's, like, a court order permanently protecting the identity of, like, a convict in Britain... It's known as the Mary Bell Order. So it's permanently protecting convicts' identities if they're released later. Hmm. So Weird. this order was later updated to include Mary's granddaughter, who was born in January of 2009 and was only referred to as Z, like the letter Z. And Mary Bell's current whereabouts are unknown at this time. She's just like out there. Me and a grandma. Nope. I'm going to nope the fuck out of that one, too. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> that, that's it. She's just out there being a grandma. 
being a mom and a grandma. And that is the case of Mary Bell, the child child killer. Who is now out in the open. You're she's welcome. Out, she's out there. In the <laughs> I mean, but she's like old now. She never. It's like, ja- just, just... It's, like ja- it's like Jasmine Richardson all over again. <laughs> yep. I keep doing cases where they're just like out there and you don't know who they are. You don't know who, <laughs> you don't know who this person passing you, like driving in a car beside you is. They could have been a murderer. <laughs> How are you going to sleep tonight? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to lock my windows and my doors, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to sleep. Hoping you do that anyways, but yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's just a, you know, common sense folks. Whether you live in a small town or not, lock your windows. Lock your doors. People be crazy. <laughs> Hide your babies. <laughs> they taking everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, that's what a great my case. Story. What a great story. Oh, so is, next is it, week is it a great story? <laughs> it's a terrible it's, story. It's a it's a terrible <laughs> story, but it's a good story. Like, I know what you mean. It's a good segment. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I get a little. <laughs> a little crazy out there. Um, it's okay. I know you're weird to... about it. Mm-hmm. Next week is supposed to be my week. Um, I do know that we do have a surprise treat for people. Oh. Um, but we're not going to say what it is because we're not no. sure when it is yet. No, we're not <laughs> sure when. That's what I was about to say. We do have a surprise treat for people um, here sometime soon. Um when it happens you'll know it'll, it'll be, be good it'll i'm be excited good. me I'm too excited for it. i'm stoked for it um so yeah let's uh let's go on with if you haven't um followed us then please follow us on apple google anchor all the good stuff um stuff. follow our it. follow our instagram at serialholic sisters underscore podcast um I'm sure you're going to share some pictures of this segment too, correct? Correct. I will put correct. some pictures. We always, we always share pictures. Creepy it's ass it. Norma Bell. Not Norma Bell. It's, Mary Bell. <laughs> it's so weird that they had the last na- same last name. And it makes me think of Norma Bates. <laughs> it makes me th- Remember that stupid, that song from like a long time ago? Norma. No, it, but it was Norman. Yes, I know. <laughs> but every time I heard, I was like reading Norma, like that was playing in my head because I'm a freak. <laughs> uh, yes, Norman. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> um. Anyways, follow our Instagram. Um, follow our Facebook page. So I know that we're gonna do. We do little giveaways here and there. Um, we're gonna do a giveaway once we have more followers we're looking at at least 200 new followers before we do that so if you haven't follow our facebook page it's serial sisters true crime shit super easy to find um it's just a group page super easy and then yeah i mean yeah. and if you guys have cases that you guys want to hear um please shoot let us, us know yes. yeah shoot us an email at uh serialholic sisters um at gmail.com Without the um. <laughs> um, 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 I gotta say that a lot. I feel like um, I say um and like a lot while I'm telling my cases. I, I like, like notice. I, I notice it as I'm saying it. And I'm like, Ugh. I feel like I say um and yeah a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm so awkward. <laughs> it's fine. So anyway, Alrighty. Until next we're week. We're done.
until we did next it. week. Okay. We did it. <laughs> Are we going to end it normally or are we just still going to be weird about it? We're going to have to be weird about it because that's just how we do. It's just that's what just we are. We We're just weird. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.